my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody stay calm. What's the Everybody procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay calm! Wait, 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 wait. Everybody just calm down! Welcome into another OU Football Podcast. My name is Joe Bettner, and alongside me for his first emergency podcast, it's Tyler Palmatier. How are you, Tyler? Doing good, Joe. Is this an emergency? This is a big emergency, unexpected news out of Norman, Oklahoma today. First day of classes, thought it was just going to be a slow one. Traffic was heavy, and then all of a sudden, during the lunch hour, Lincoln Riley decides to name a starting quarterback. It is Jalen Hurts, as everyone pretty much expected going into this thing. But to just kind of go over some of the points, because last week we uh, talked mostly defense on the pod, but just to kind of get some quick thoughts and quick reaction from this news, Tyler, I'm sure you're not surprised, but just this is such an unprecedented thing. I feel like for OU at least, for whatever it is, they have gone from – they now have their third straight transfer quarterback who's going to be the starter. And like Kyler Murray, Jalen Hurts will be here for a year. Just what do you take away from this whole process? Did you feel like it was drawn out at all? Do you feel like this is just kind of about the timing you expected? Yeah, I think of anything. You know, that's why this is all – I mean, it, it is always – you get kind of a rush when anybody names a starting quarterback. But I think, one, everybody kind of knew – or had a pretty good idea that's who this was going to be. Uh, but two, Lincoln Riley has really laid out what he wants his timeline to be. This is very consistent with where he picked Baker Mayfield and Kyler Murray uh, in, in 2015 and 2018, respectively there. He likes this week. He likes to let a, qu- a quarterback competition go on until about this week before the season and then and then make sure. I think I think he likes everybody – I, he doesn't care about us. He likes everybody on his team to know who the starter is going to be uh, about a week before the season. So, yeah, it just it, you, there is this element of surprise when all of a sudden you start hearing that there's this announcement's going to come out and then it's out and they know who a starting quarterback is. But um, it, it it obviously just isn't a big surprise to everybody. I think that now you just your focus kind of shifts to you know one. <clears throat> what the who his backup's going to be? I think that'll tell a lot about the future of the position. Uh, they, I think they want a redshirt Rattler and have Tanner Mordecai be your backup. But then, if you're in a situation where Hertz gets injured, you want the better quarterback of the two. And if Rattler is ahead of Mordecai after this preseason camp, then you're sort of in a debacle where if you want the best player on the field, you can't burn Rattler's redshirt. So how do you manage that backup situation and? getting a straight answer out of them on that might be it'll be interesting to ask him Lincoln Riley those questions I think coming up and then obviously like what's the offense going to look like and you know get to talk to Hertz a little bit more him being a formal starter I think he'll be more forthcoming with some answers I hope maybe not maybe not he might just still be just you know and he probably will but I think it'll be easier for him to talk I don't think it'll be as uncomfortable because it's just you when you're so. not the starter yet and people are asking you all these quarterback questions and all the focus is on you and you haven't technically won the job, I can see how that'd be a little uncomfortable, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah, and it's kind of like if you were to talk about a job that you hadn't landed yet, just like on any level, like any industry, right. you wouldn't you know, want to be – if you're friends, and obviously it's a very different dynamic with the media and players 
but you wouldn't want to, you know, get ahead of yourself. And as much as we refer to Jalen Hurts in this very business-like mold, he's very just professional guy, doesn't seem like there's going to be any ish- character issues there, and doesn't want to get ahead of himself. And I can respect that. Mm-hmm. But as you mentioned, the timeline is very consistent with what Lincoln Riley has done in the past. Baker Mayfield was named the starter on August 24th. Kyler Murray, August 22nd. Jalen Hurts, August 19th. It's getting a little bit earlier uh, each year. I don't know if that's just... The, I think it just has to do with the calendar. I literally I th- think, I this is, I think this is the same week. I don't know 100% sure on well, that, but I'm pretty sure it's the same week. Put me down, August 17th, Monday of 2019, Spencer Rattler as your starting quarterback for the Oklahoma Sooners. 2020. Oh, my gosh. 17's already passed. I'm getting... 2020 does not sound like an actual year. Um, But this is... I mean, this is pretty huge for, I think, just reading this press release. And I'm going to be honest with you. It's still amazing to me that Jalen Hurts is the starting quarter... Or is even at Oklahoma to begin with. Because this is a guy that just came off of playing OU in the Orange Bowl and transfers... Less than a month later, he's on the team. He's won the starting job. It's just so insane that this is where we're at with Oklahoma football and the new era that we're a part of. And you bring up Spencer Rattler. If there was a great time for this new redshirt rule that allows people to not burn a redshirt as long as they don't go over a four game or four appearances, it's a great time to mix in with this whole transfer thing. Because if Hurts, even if he gets injured for a little bit, you can still experiment with Rattler for a few games. Now, if it's a long-term injury, then it's a whole different story. But you have some cushion there. And obviously, Tanner Mordecai, you would figure, is probably ahead of Spencer Rattler just as far as knowing the playbook, knowing the system. And talent-wise, I think everyone would agree. Spencer Rattler, being the five-star guy that he is, is probably, you know... Going to be OU's future when Brock Brock Vandegrift gets here. Who knows what's going to happen? But this is such a uh, Lincoln Riley has a myriad options. It's a good problem to have. Do, I mean, did you expect though Tanner Mordecai to make a big push at all? At, like, at least, do you think he is a capable backup guy that will will be the number two? Or are you kind of not sure who's going to be the backup? I think it's just impossible to know. I mean, unless you're at that, unless you've been watching these preseason practices, because we know so little about which what, we haven't. Yeah, which we have not. I mean, uh, it's just hard to know what Spencer Rattler's been doing. Um, we don't have the source notes. We do. We do not have a uh, exclusive board that you can give us money to to, to look at our uh, at our notes. But we have a whiteboard. We have a whiteboard. Um, I, yeah, but I mean. I don't know that anybody made a push per se. I guess my theory on this is, you know, I don't think Lincoln Riley wants a fabricated looking uh, competition to play out, but I do think he wants a formal competition to play out. And maybe guys on the team can kind of see which way it's going toward the end. And maybe that's why naming it at the very start of this week makes a lot of sense because maybe it's becoming very clear that he's that Jalen hurts is your starter by this point. Um, but I think it's just like, he just wants that guy to just go out and, and go through the process of earning the job. And, um, the, maybe he's just not worried about the reps. The reps can be good for everybody. They can be good for Rattler too, especially if he's maybe the backup. And you probably want that competition too. You don't want Jalen Hurts to show up in August and he's just 
not it's not clicking it's not meshing well Mm -hmm. and that's why i mean i don't know if anyone really thought this but i just didn't think there was going to be in it i thought that would be around the same timeline i think everyone kind of thought it was going to be around the same timeline timeline that lincoln has used in the past but i just you can never tell with some of these groups how they're how they're or how these guys are going to pan out i think it does do something and we talk about this i think a lot as far as tanner mordecai and spencer rattler you obviously are so I should say, so I should say, the presumed guys that are going to be the number two on the depth chart. You don't want them to get the feeling that they're just being looked over and that there's no possible way that they could be the starter. You want to give them somewhat of a chance, and you don't want them to transfer. But just at the end of the day, it's just you don't know what this guy's going to look like. And I'm not even completely sure. And I think there's, you know, some people out there that think that you know Hertz still might not pan out. This still not might not be the right answer. You, you kind of have to trust that a guy like Lincoln Riley that's produced back-to-back Heisman Trophy winners and number one NFL draft picks, that he's going to figure out a way to use Jalen Hurts. And I think he's an interesting quarterback because I don't think really OU's had a guy of his skill set. He's just so unique in the way he can run the ball. He's not going to be as fast as Kyler Murray. The one thing that just really is somewhat concerning, I think even Kyler Murray had these concerns, and obviously he proved as a guy that was in Lincoln's system for a long time that can Kyler Murray throw and he can certainly throw and he showed last year he wasn't you know just throw dumping it off in the flats he was throwing it downfield and I'm not sure if Jalen Hurts can throw downfield I'm not saying he can develop into that but I don't know if he's proven that enough and he's got a lot of guys around him that are gonna make that process a lot easier on him but how is this gonna look in a game setting and how much I guess patience is Lincoln Riley going to have with with Jalen Hurts at quarterback because this is a team and this came out today the AP poll um, which is a pretty irrelevant thing in the grand scheme of things it's a good measuring stick for the first like eight weeks of the season until the college football playoff rankings come out but OU being ranked number four I think by a big group of you know media members says a lot about what people think this OU football team can do and I'm just I'm wondering what Jalen Hurts how he handles and we, we saw him at Alabama, and there's probably no program bigger than Alabama. But I'm just wondering how he handles this offense and what what he can, you know, how much he can offer, how much he can make that transition smooth. Just it feels like Lincoln Riley's luck at someday is gonna is gonna run out with just having great quarterback after great quarterback, unless we're just in the midst of this amazing QB dynasty at OU. But it's uh it's gonna be interesting to see how it all looks against Houston. And I mean, was there anything? It's hard to take away, and we we mentioned, you know, we're not in these fall camp practices or anything like that. We've seen twenty minutes here and there for two for two days of just basically guys throwing the ball around and stretching, and that's about it. But when you saw him in, in the spring game back in April, I mean, were you blown away by what he was doing, or did you see anything different than you might have not seen in Alabama? I, I can't honestly say I watched him a ton at Alabama, but I was impressed with what I saw. I mean, he was accurate. I don't remember exactly how lo- how many times he just went straight down the field with the. I can't remember how many of those type of attempts he had, but he made some arm. He made some throws that took some strength, and his line was really good. And he just looks like an impressive athlete out there. So I think all signs there are positive. You know that he was, and I mean, he just looked so much so much more polished and just better than Tanner Mordecai. And it's just one practice, basically. It's just kind of one way to look and see how people handle that. But those are also important. Those are important in the grand scheme of things where they, you know, they get to 
you know, you get to like, you know, see how a guy reacts in a game time situation. So, um, those are, there's, there is a little more stock, I think even by coaches put into that. Yeah. I was gonna say, I, there, there was a clear, I think, separation between, and maybe it was just in comparison to what Tanner Mordecai was doing in that spring game Mm -hmm. where it felt like, okay, Jalen clearly looks like the better guy here. So hard to take away though, from like one spring, like one spring game. Because you don't know how much they're doing well in those scrimmages. And I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more um, in the coming days how Jalen Hurts has done. And we've gotten just so many political answers that, you know, all of these guys are doing well. Mm-hmm. You know, they're throw, throw, all of them throwing the ball really well. Spencer Rattler's, you know, he's he's showing a lot of confidence. And just a lot of these canned answers. And I'm, I'm, I'm just really curious to see what has Jalen Hurts done. And I don't even know if Lincoln Riley will give a specific answer. But... I just want to know how he separated himself. I want to know. How we're going to get zero information out of yeah. that. It's and just it's going to be so vague. It's you know kind of like last year. Oh, just how close? It might, he's maybe he's it was really close. Or I mean, we're just going to get basically zero information how this played out. I feel like it's just going to be all about watching. You know, when so much is going to get revealed just in the in the season opener about this team. Well, I was going to say the one thing that I think I feel like we're going to learn more about this battle is probably next year. Mm. This Jalen Hurts, uh, Tanner Mordecai, Spencer Rattler battle. But we saw at Big 12 Media Days the way that guys talk about Austin Kendall. And C.D. Lamb had a quote where he said, you know, there was a point where we thought Austin Kendall was going to be the starting quarterback. And I kind of believe C.D. He's not a guy that fabricates a lot of stuff. He doesn't fabricate anything, I don't think. But, like, I, I, don't, I don't know him as a guy to really, you know – give a BS answer Mm -hmm. like he kind of tells it like it is and the fact that he's saying that we thought Kendall at one point was going to be the starting QB I think says a lot about what he is and it's just going to be a bummer if it's not till summer 2020 till West Virginia hasn't even named a starting quarterback yet yeah and that's a weird thing and I I, man if Kendall gets beat out again that's not I just think the way coaches are handling quarterback battles these days is you just can't you just can't tick off your backups and act like you're going to give jobs out in the transfer portal age either. I mean, if you rub a backup, a potential backup or third string quarterback the wrong way in August, and they enter the transfer portal in September, that's a huge problem for your quarterback depth. And so, some of this is about sort of massaging your backups, uh, not egos, but like, well, I mean, somewhere there, it's like you're. You're treating them with maybe you're you're being a lot more respectful of what of a backup and what they and maybe you're giving them. Um, I don't know if it's more reps or if it's more respect or certainly you're just not you're not you can't treat a backup like a throwaway because anybody, even if he's a starter, you look at like last year Jalen McCleskey for OSU he was starting, right when he just up and went into the portal in like October yeah. or September he that's played. that's your worst case scenario that you rub somebody the wrong way about. Your value for them, and they just jump ship. So the the way coaches handle quarterback battles now may have something to do with that. Where it's like we are just we're gonna make sure that we don't have a potential valuable backup jump ship. Because I mean, you mentioned Hurts not panning out, which is a really good point. He could not pan out, or I mean, he could he could get hurt, and you may need. Then all of a sudden, you need you need a Mordecai Rattler uh, look. If Mordecai were to jump ship, not saying he is, but like if he were to, and then you're down to. Rattler and Tanner Schaefer, and I mean, I just I'm, I'm rambling on about this now, but you get my point. Oh no, I get you, and I was gonna say I don't want to call like it, like to your point about you want to somewhat in a way massage your quarterback's egos, but 
and I don't want to say all quarterbacks are prima donnas or anything like that, but I do think quarterbacks know their worth. I think Tanner Mordecai, who isn't on the caliber of a, you know, he wasn't a five-star guy by any means. I do think quarterbacks know what their worth are. I think they know what their options are in 2019. We just saw it with Justin Fields, who, by the way, was just named the starter at Ohio State on uh, the same day as Jalen Hurts. Um, and going from a top five program in Georgia where he he loses the battle and then transfers, gets immediate eligibility and goes to another top five program, gets named the starter. I think these QBs know that, like, well, if it doesn't work out here, like, I'll just go elsewhere. I don't need this place. And it's working for Justin Fields so far. And I think a lot of these guys that see that know that, well, there's a lot of quarterback jobs to be won. And I can step into a different program and I can get, you know, I can, you know, make it work there. And I'm not saying guys are just going to, I really don't know how much if transferring is just going to become an epidemic or if it's just going to eventually maybe settle down uh, with, it just feels like the transfer portal is the cool thing to do right now. Um, well, it's just there. People are just jumping into it really without fully understanding what the consequences could be. Cause I think yeah. the biggest thing that came out of the transfer portal that first year was these guys that were trans and I, the athletic uh, Max Olson was, I think the guy that did the best story on it that I read Got, basically guys are transferring and they're entering the transfer portal and not ending up anywhere. Incredible. Yeah, you're you starting got, you with, you're space. starting you're starting the year somewhere with a scholarship and an opportunity and you go into the portal thinking I'm going to find some place better and you end up nowhere. That's crazy. And I think guys are really that's got to be an eye-opening thing and that has to be a big part of the education process for coaches and I think it is. Like they if anybody's rubbed the wrong the uh, the wrongest way. Rub, rub R- the wrong, wrong way. Now you got me. If somebody's, if somebody's just really has a problem with the transfer portal, it's coaches, and that that's gonna be that's good information for them to give to players. If nothing else, it shouldn't be about you've made a commitment to this program and you have to stay. Because yeah. I mean, people have the right to move around, but you just got to tell people the consequences. Yeah. Where it's like you're not, you are not entitled to a landing spot once you go into that transfer portal. So Definitely. how do we get off on the transfer portal? I don't know. But we're talking it, about a transfer who made it safely to Oklahoma is now the starter. So it's actually a good story. Yeah, no, it's great. And, you know, for Jalen Hurts, it's once again, as we kind of talk about Justin Fields a little bit, it's working out pretty well for Jalen yeah. right now. The one thing that you just, as I mentioned, you know, I don't think it's 100% guarantee that this thing goes well. I think a lot of people love to, you know, say like, you know, Jalen might go to New York. And you know what? I wouldn't be surprised. And I don't think any of us would be surprised if Jalen made it to New York and was a Heisman candidate. Will he win the trophy? I don't know, but I think he can be good enough in this offense. I do think there is a level to this offense, though, that I could see it going poorly if he cannot make the throws that Lincoln Riley wants him to make and the ones that he's got these receivers. And if he's not taking advantage of these receivers, I'm just, you know, when's Lincoln Riley going to be like, oh, well, we need to try something else because mm-hmm. this isn't getting the job done. And I don't think the defense is going to be to a point under Alex Grinch where, like, you know, we'll just, you know, we'll rely on our defense to win some games. Which I mean, OU two two OU's defenses credit. There were some times where the defense bailed out the offense last year, and there were a few times. And I think it was West Virginia. I mean, Curtis Bolton, his fumble recovery was ended up kind of being the deciding factor. Um, the way they played against Texas had a pretty late interception. I think that was Trey Norwood, um, but they had some really just 
key moments in those kind of very important games at the end of their schedule where OU's defense needed to make plays and they made them. Um, I don't know if they're going to be to a point where both the defense and the offense can be average, or I think it's going to go south very, very quick. The one thing that will help Jalen Hurts is it's a very favorable schedule. And Houston, I think, is going to be a good opener. I think UCLA on the road can be a good test. But this isn't 2016 Houston under Tom Herman. This isn't Chip Kelly, Oregon. This is a different – I mean, they've just got – a lot of teams that I think can be good, but I think OU just talent wise and depth wise is just a lot better. Jalen Hurts. I don't know how hard that road atmosphere is going to be at UCLA. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, it's going to be beautiful, but I don't. I think there's going to be a lot of empty bleachers unless OU fans mm-hmm. decide to make that trip, which I've already talked to quite a few OU fans who say like, "I'm not over that Rose Bowl yet. Uh, it's going to be pretty don't tough." Go to back go. there yet? I, it, I it'd be a little haunting. I'm here's sure. what I want to talk about: how favorable the road schedule is for me. And everyone True. covering the games and attend and if attending them, even the road games. Think about this: like you're going to. Okay, the hottest games are going to be in Norman. Two of them are at night. Good Houston, start. South Dakota, and then Texas Tech. We don't know what time that is yet, but that's in Norman, and I think late September. And then you're going to the two Kansas schools in October. Uh, so nice and cool. You're not going to Waco. Basically, I'm saying the hottest, the Waco. You do go to Waco. You do, but you go in November. True. TCU in November. Texas and Dallas is always like the same temperature every year. It's like, yeah, Bedlam, Bedlam November. Nova. So I'm it's just saying, water. from an old man standpoint, I love the weather, the way it sets up for OU football. Your I looked at this yesterday, and I actually wanted to talk <laughs> about it more than I am right now. <laughs> but like Kansas schools in August, that's clutch. Because they're getting fall weather in October, and Oklahoma's not. I'm I'm yeah. all for as few fall or October home games. If you're into fall weather, like I'm, I'm a fall I'm a fall weather guy, big fall weather guy. That's what I don't like about. I just don't like that the fall is so short here. And I mean, I'm always down, OU Texas is fine no matter what. The, so uh, what short the, here. You grew up in Owasso. <laughs> I'm just not used to it, or. <laughs> No, I, uh, I'm saying I. It's oh, okay. just short here in general. You, I mean, you made it sound like, well, I'm, you know, I'm from the West Coast, so just it's so tough. No, it's just here in Oklahoma. <laughs> I mean, this is where we are, Joe. It's just too short here. It, it is too short. I'll it's hot. That. I feel like there's like, and I feel like there's one week, and it's usually in October, like early October, one week where the weather's perfect. It's like mm-hmm. 65 degrees, and the sun's out, and so it's not too cold, but the sun kind of helps balance it out and then that week is over and then it's just winter it's just it's completely over. we've had thanksgivings that are like 70 yeah i mean you you occasionally get some i mean last winter was kind of weird there was a lot of ice but you know that's why we have all these crickets around here because the winters are so hot and the the larvae larvae larva you're the outdoors the guy, eggs apparently the eggs are not here's the thing the eggs aren't dying and not good. You'll apparently. see this at high school games. There are going to be so many crickets around those lights and at these football stadiums. I look forward to it. Yeah, and it's a. I'm going to pitch this as a story, not for you, but, but no, no one somebody, else write this story. By the way, no one else is allowed to write the story. This is our idea. We'll, Continue. Hey, we'll we'll knock it out of the park. We don't we don't know who's listening. We don't know who's uh who's out there. There's a secret. To. There's a secret nut graph that nobody knows. Oh man. That only I know. I'm excited to hear this. I'll slack it to everyone. Okay. Confidential. Okay, good. Anyways. Good deal, good deal. Um 
Tyler, just Jalen Hurts, starting quarterback um, for the number four ranked Oklahoma Sooners. I do want to ask you before we get out of here for this kind of short emergency podcast. And by the way, I do apologize. I'm sitting in a very leather chair and it's making a lot of squeaking noises. So it's got to be fake leather. I'm, yeah, yeah, probably so. But it's making a lot of noises and it's bothering me. I don't know if it's bothering you or if you can even hear them, but maybe you, you can't. It's been bothering me. I don't know. But I do want to ask you, top 25 came out. I don't mm. know how much you've got to ponder over it, but Oklahoma at number four. Um, Texas and Iowa State in the top 25 as well. Texas at number 10, Iowa State number 21. And like TCU. I thought Iowa State was 23. I think they're 21. Um, but TCU, West Virginia, Oklahoma State all receiving votes. Was there anything that stuck out to you about this top 25 poll that, as we mentioned, doesn't matter a lot, but it's just, you know, it's there. It kind of gives us a little bit of a, you know, measuring stick of where teams are at until the real ranking comes out in November. But was there anything that stuck out to you from this from this grouping? No, not really. I mean, I just don't really you worry care about that, polls. Not well. They just don't. It's really interesting to kind of get a. It's. I think it's a good thing for. You're always kind of interested to see where people are. I think readers are really interested in the the first few AP polls in the first few weeks, but then once the college football playoff poll comes out, I mean, all the media polls just don't really matter. And um, maybe after the season, I mean, it's kind of a nice feather uh, in people's caps. And there is some tradition behind these polls too, because I mean, they used to determine national champions. So it's, I mean, it's, I, it's cool in that way, but uh, it's more interesting to me to see like Iowa state make, I think it's first preseason AP poll appearance ever. I mean, is that yeah, right? That, yeah, I think I think it's their very first one. Uh, I think it's 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 been like multiple decades. I'm pretty sure, but yeah, I think that's pretty accurate. Um, so those kinds of things are cool. You know, that you, you kind of see teams' traditions tra- uh, happening before your eyes when you see a team like Iowa State get into the poll for the, whatever we you know been a long time or first time ever. That that's kind of cool to watch. But I mean, virtually the same top four as the Amway coaches preseason poll, right? Yeah, I believe so. The, I don't know. For, just for not, those that might have not seen it, Clemson number one, which I think is the first time they've been ranked number one in the AP top 25 preseason poll. And then Alabama two, Georgia number three, and then OU at four. The one thing that kind of stuck out to me was the fact that there were 12 voters who put OU at number three on their ballot, which, you know, is, you know, one below four or one, one ahead of four. And so makes a little bit of sense. I just was surprised that that many put OU into that third spot. Uh, the one thing that also, I mean, did, I mean, do you feel at like number four, they're at a pretty good place? I don't know if we already went over that, but just, do you feel like that's about right where they should be? Or you, yeah, were, but were I mean, I think if somebody lower? had them, I, I just, I don't, I kind of figured they'd be at four. Um, I think that's a safe peg, but like if they'd been at number five or six, I wouldn't argue that you you really aren't you aren't totally configured at the quarterback position yet, and your defense is sort of the jury's out on the defense. So I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't have wouldn't have bothered me at all if somebody had him between four and six, or even I don't know. I don't know quite enough about five through seven on this list to know. Yeah. But like I think those four right now. When you talk about Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, Oklahoma are kind of the cream of the crop in college football the last couple of years, two or three years. So those are the proven that's, guys. You've kind of, in a way, they they are. Yeah, the, the jury's not out on the way those teams have played their consistency the last few years. So, and uh, yeah, I mean, I have no qualms with it. 
Yep. Um, I, I will say a lot of people did vote for OU number five. Think about the same amount of people that voted for them number four. They did get some sixth place sixth place votes. Bob Asmussen voted them number seven, and then Kirk Bowles and Steve Batterson voted them number eight. If you want to send some hate mail their way, no, don't do that. Um, but the lowest ranking they got was was number eight. Where did Kirk uh, Bowles have Texas? Uh, let me check. I will check for you right now. Kirk Bowles, um, his ranking was oh, – he has Texas super low. Oh, no, he has Texas at 11. No, oh, yeah. He had – Alabama. See, I don't think I don't have any problem with Kirk Bowles having OU at eight. I don't either. But I, I mean, just, I just think that's that's a fair in a lot of ways. If you're if you're thinking that like, I, mean, I, I don't know, whatever they might this, drop off. And I guess I don't even really like. I said I really don't care. It's just kind of a they are really just. It's too late in the season. The AP poll comes out a little too late, in my opinion. Yeah. Well, we got pop games this baby out earlier. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, no. Is, by this point in the year, we're all we're preseason camped out. People care much more about polls early August, late July, like. Crank this puppy out. Yeah, and I think the philosophy there, though, is it's so different from voter to voter because there's not really like a strict guideline on how to do it. Um, you've got a lot of guys that kind of vote based on where teams are, and then a lot of guys that vote where they think teams will be. Kirk Bowles, for example, has Utah at number five, and Utah's kind of a sexy team to pick to come out of the Pac-12 and maybe make the college football playoff. And I get that, that you think that this is where it's all going to end up. Utah is ranked number 14 and so it's a little bit of a high ranking on Kirk's part but I think looking at his overall rankings I, I kind of get the vibe that that's where he thinks everyone's going to be at the end of the season and if OU were to finish eighth at the end of this year that would be the least surprise I think that would be even less surprising than Jalen Hurts being named the starter if they just start off with a little bit of hype lose a few games here and there and just end up at eight wouldn't be shocked by it no but um, AP pulls out, and if you care about that kind of thing, which, once again, kind of irrelevant, but, you know, it's all good. Um, but we uh, we have college football this weekend, which is great for everyone. Um, it's it's going to get, you know, obviously with Miami and Florida, it's a pretty good game. But then you get into that week one slate where there's a lot of great competition and super excited for it. But, uh, Tyler, I appreciate you uh, for joining me on this emergency podcast. I know you love emergency podcasts. <laughs> Tyler's always just emergency telling me. Tyler's always telling me about the emergency pods he's listening to nowadays. So I get a, I get a, I always know when emergency pods are dropping. But hey, we also appreciate you. Honestly, if it's an emergency, you should dial nine one one. We appreciate you for taking time out of your day to uh, join us for this uh, edition of another OU football podcast. We are on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and coming to more platforms soon. Um, please subscribe and maybe give us a five star rating on the on the Apple Podcast platform. We would very much appreciate it. Tyler, thank you once again so much. It has been a pleasure, my guy. We will be back again in the near future. I think this week. I don't know. We'll see what happens. You got a pretty you got a pretty good emergency podcast out of this one. But anyway, for Tyler Palmatier, you, you have something to say? You look like you have something to say. I was just gonna say thanks. I'm just spewing off. I'm just going through the not going through the motions, but just going through it's it's just like a checklist of just everything I need to say. You were just lit for this emergency pod. I I love emergency pod. I, I say all this jokingly when I when I say Tyler loves emergency pod. I'm the guy who loves. It's more of just Joe's like, hair is messed up. Looks like he just chugged like a four loco and a white claw. <laughs> uh, let's let's not talk about Saturday night. Anyway, uh, for Tyler Palmatier, my name is Joe Bettner. We'll catch you next time.